How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody's doing all right? All right. Amen. Y'all making me nervous. How's this week going? All right, Yasmin, praise God. Thank you. All right, we want to welcome you guys to uh, Hope Haven Church. You guys ready for the word today? Y'all ready? All right, so we have been slow crawling through Romans since the book, uh, since the book, since the month of August. Um, we are at Romans, the 13th chapter today. Um, I believe that um, Tuesday night was an amazing Bible study. Um, a lot of great insight. Everybody participated. If you was on the line, I called you. So um, if you get on the line, I'm going to call you for an answer. Um, but everybody did well. Um, so we're at Romans 13 today. You guys there? All right, we're in Romans 13. I'm going to try to get through this whole thing in its entirety. Um, this is a text, I'm going to be honest with you, that I did not want to preach today. I was like, maybe I'll save it for Bible study um, <clears throat> because this is a hard um, text to preach um, contextually in this era with everything that's going on. So looking at this text, um, I really struggle with it. Um, I called a couple of my pastor friends. Um, can I get a little more volume? Can y'all hear me? Um, called a couple of my pastor friends, and when I called them, um, didn't get too many answers there. Got maybe one good answer. So then I went to some commentaries, and I didn't like what the commentary said. So then I went to YouTube, which is usually like my last resort because there's some terrible preaching on YouTube. And um, most people that would preach this text, uh, they would preach the text to meet their agenda. So God was like, all right, I guess you're going to have to study for yourself. So um, I had to go through um, this text and go through the Bible um, to support Paul's argument for this text. And I'm going to get to it in just a minute, um, because sometimes it's hard uh, to submit to governmental authorities when governmental authorities are corrupt. Y'all quiet. Um, this week we have this impeachment inquiry from the House of Representatives um, due to, uh, we don't know, so I don't want to act like I was in the room, but obviously, possibly, the president was on the phone making some backdoor deals to get some information on a Democratic uh, candidate, uh, Joe Biden. Um, there was a whistleblower, I don't want to get into the whole story, who basically came forth and said, hey, President's doing some things that are immoral, unethical, came to the House of Representatives. They put an impeachment inquiry in. Now we have all of this going on. So it's hard for me now to look at somebody that I is supposed to be over the government, is supposed to be the oversight over my country, um, but will do anything to win for their own personal gain. But yet, when I look at this text, Paul has given me instruction on how to handle leadership that I may not necessarily agree with. Mm. Now, <laughs> this is double-edged um, because I see people that uh, abuse leadership and they throw in your face that you need to submit to me, especially in when it comes to uh, um, Hebrews, when it talks about leadership and giving the, and in First Timothy, giving the elders double honor, and they take that to a whole nother perspective of abusing people. Um, so it's hard to respect it from that angle. Uh, so I want to walk through this text. Y'all got time? I want to walk through this text and I want to take you through the scriptures. Um, I didn't give you guys all the scriptures. I just said Romans 13, but we're going to go to a couple of scriptures just so I can really explain to you how powerful God is and how he works behind the scenes, even when we have leadership that we don't agree with. I'm going to say this. <clears throat> Talk, I'm just talking today. I want to say this to you guys, okay? So there are some people that have, pre that have issues with the current administration. But let's look at it from this perspective. Under this administration, more people have been released from prison. Y'all quiet. Than the prior administration. So, from our perspective, we're angry. 
But somebody did 20 years in jail for a six month crime and they're out. So while we're angry at leadership, someone is celebrating leadership because they see it from a different perspective. Y'all quiet. So we have to recognize that sometimes we don't agree, but God is turning the wheels for it to work together for somebody else in an area that not, we may not necessarily be in. Y'all with me? So Paul comes here in Romans 13 and he says, everyone, look at your neighbor and say everyone. Uh-oh, y'all quiet. Everyone, Vanessa. Everyone must submit to the governing, governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to put it in my terms. You must submit to government because their authority was given from God. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> you must submit to authority because that authority was given from God. Which means that my governing authority, my current governing authority that I may not necessarily agree with is still part of the plan of God. Mm. That's tough. That something that I don't agree with is part of God's plan. But let's take the governing authority out of it and let's look at our personal lives and how there's certain things that happen in our life that we don't agree with. But it's part of God's plan. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like where I'm currently at in my life just speaking, but yet God has something to do with it. And sometimes God has things to do with things that we don't like, but it's part of his process. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist are instituted by God. Look at your neighbor and say, God is in it. So then the one who resists the authority, oh, is opposing God's command. Uh-oh. This is the word. This ain't me. Y'all reading what I'm reading? <laughs> it's God's plan. And if I oppose his plan, I'm not just being disobedient to the governing authority but I'm being obedient, disobedient to God. Because God's plan was that they would be there whether I liked it or not. This is tough, ain't it? <laughs> this is tough, ain't it? This is tough, ain't it? So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves not from the governing authority, but you're gonna bring judgment on yourself from God for being disobedient to God, for being disobedient to the governing authorities that he placed that you don't agree with. Amen. So what I have to do is I don't like it. I can't stand it. I wanna buck against the system but yet it's still part of God's plan. Now watch this, because we're going to get to this in a minute. Whenever something steps beyond the boundaries of God's word, then we have the ability to rebel against it. Some things we just don't like because we have our own political views of things, but it don't necessarily mean that it's immoral or not biblical. Hmm. I don't like him, but what he's doing is not, and I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I'm, I'm neutral. I don't like whoever's in leadership, but the question I have to ask is, is it making me do something that goes against the word of God? And if it does not do something that makes me go against the word of God, then I don't have any absolute reason 
to rebel against it. I can have my thoughts. I live in a country where I have freedom of speech. I can speak out. Watch this. I can go to the government polls and I can vote. I can tell my friends what I oppose and what I don't like. And I can get them to go to the polls and vote with me. This is the kind of country we live in. There's some countries you live with whatever's there. There are some people that have dictators that have been there for 50 and 60 years and you got to deal with whatever's there. The problem is, is how many folks actually vote to make change? We'll complain, but God has given us a freedom to vote and we don't use it. So I don't want to hear from somebody that got so much negative things to say about something. And when November came around, you wasn't at the polls. I don't want to sound political today. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. And if we really want to see change immediately, don't wait every four years. Vote locally. Vote for your local politicians. Make changes in your educational system where you live. Make changes in your government where you live. Make changes in your community where you live. And when you make those changes, it, it spills out to the state and it spills out to the government. But we're not even voting locally. This is all Bible. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying to get y'all to vote for nobody. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how sometimes God is in control even when we don't agree with leadership. God had a man by the name of David. Y'all know I got to walk out through the Bible just to take you somewhere. God had a man by the name of David. Y'all remember David? David had a son. His son's name was what? Solomon. Solomon, God told him not to mess with any strange women. What'd he do? And what happened to the kingdom? It got split. And when it got split, we got two different kings. You got the northern kingdom and you got the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom had their own king. The southern kingdom had their own king. And now I ain't going to go through all this. You go through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and you see all of the histories of those kings while they were the kings of the northern and the southern, re- southern region. And while they're the kings of the northern and the southern region, they start doing all types of evil stuff. We talked about Ahab and Jezebel last week. Ahab is from Israel. He goes and marries a woman by the name of Zidon, Zidon, from, uh, Jezebel from Zidon. Uh, she, her country, they're known for uh, prostitution and corruption. Um, they actually lived on a body of water, so when the seamen would come in, uh, they would have women that would have makeup on and dress, uh, you know, dress to kill, um, would, would mess with these men. Y'all know I ain't got to get all too deep. Thank God the children in the next room. And do all types of stuff. And Ahab marries a woman that comes from that kind of country. So what do you think she brings to the new government of Israel? She brings that junk in. And how do you think God feels? God feels, God feels angry. So what does God do? God says, all right, I keep trying to give y'all chances, but because I keep trying to give y'all chances and y'all ain't listening, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you over to the hands of your enemy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you telling me that God had something to do with Nebuchadnezzar being the king of Israel? I know I'm talking today. I, uh, you telling me that God had something to do with the Persians having authority over Israel? You telling me that God had something that had the Babylonians? It was part of his plan for the Babylonians to be in control of Israel? You telling me that God allowed Pharaoh and Exodus to be in control of Israel? So if they bucked against the system, they bucked against God's word. Because God put those evil kings over them. Now we come to the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra, the Bible says there's a king of Persia whose name is Cyprus. Cyrus. Y'all remember Cyrus? Not from Scandal. Not, 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 not Olivia Pope's, you know, nemesis. Uh, but there's a man by the name of Cyrus. And Cyrus is the king of Persia. And the people of God want to rebuild a kingdom back in Jerusalem. And what happens? If you go to 2 Chronicles 36 chapter and 22nd verse, it says that God stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. God stirred up the spirit of the enemies. Y'all with me? God stirred up the spirit of the enemies of Israel so that God's word could be fulfilled. Because God had spoken through the man by the name of Jeremiah that in 70 times seven years they would come out 
of bondage. And now 70 times seven years has come and God raises up a man by the name of Cyrus who is evil, stirs him up to give Israel their freedom. What would have happened if they bucked against Cyrus too soon? But because they were obedient to leadership that they didn't necessarily agree with, and because God's hands were working behind the scenes, all things eventually worked together for their good. Can I give somebody some comfort in here that's nervous? You scared? Because that's what they put on TV. You go to Fox News right now, it's fear. You go to MSNBC, it's fear. But my question is, are we going to fear men or are we going to trust God? Because the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if he has not given us a spirit of fear, we cannot allow the authorities of the government to affect us and to scare us. We have to understand that their authority comes from God. And God is in complete control. Does that make sense? Let's move on. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Watch this. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, you ain't got nothing to be afraid of. A lot of times we afraid because we ain't doing what we're supposed to do. Why don't you like the IRS? Why, 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 why y'all scared? If you do it, what's right, Kara? Business owner, not taking all the tax money. I told y'all I pick on Kara all the time. You have nothing to be afraid of. A lot of times our fear kicks in because we ain't supposed, we, we doing what we ain't supposed to be doing. How many times you been driving down 295 and you're doing 75? And that cop is sitting right there in that middle, right, exit 34, Cherry Hill. I live down there. Uh, 42. That cop is chilling on 42, and you going down in the Blackwood, Sickleville, and that cop chilling. What happens? Your heart just starts tripling. But if you was doing what you were supposed to be doing, ain't no terror. A lot of our terror comes. Somebody guilty all week. A lot of our terror comes because you're supposed to be working at 8.30 and you leave in the house at 8.25 and you live 30 minutes from work. <laughs> For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Y'all with me? And a lot of times our fear is kicked in because we're doing what we're not supposed to be doing. But when you are abiding by the laws of the land, and sometimes, don't get me wrong, but we don't live in one of those countries. But sometimes there are just some, some, some crazy anarchist leaders that it just kill you to kill you. Thank God we live somewhat in a country. Now, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. There are times where I get pulled, I don't get pulled over too much now because I'm older. I guess they look at my license when they run my tag. Back in my day, I used to get pulled over at least once a month. And he used to scare the mess out of me. Just fear would overtake me because you heard of all these stories with police brutality and young men getting shot and killed. And I remember one time I was in Swedesboro and a cop pulled me over and had his hand on his gun and said, you ain't, gonna have, you ain't got nothing there that's gonna stick me. And I said, I looked at him and he said, I'm sorry, wrong person, I ran in his car real quick. And I'm scared. But in most cases, in most cases, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, there's no terror. Look at your neighbor and say, do what's right, girl. If you're looking at a guy, say, do what's right, boy. <laughs> do you want, man, that's right. Do you want to be afraid, unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have its approval. Miss Tony, let me stop. <laughs> Next verse. For <laughs> <laughs> Y'all read me. <laughs> for government is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. 
because it does not carry the sword for no reason. There are laws, and when laws are broken, there are consequences for laws being broken. Oh, man, I see Jody's face tying all up. Let me look right back over here. I told you I didn't want to preach this today. <laughs> for government is a servant and an avenger that brings wrath on one who does wrong. The government, watch this, governmental systems were created by God. I'm going to say that again. Governmental systems were created by God. And the purpose of the system is to keep you in line. And the same way we rebel against God in our sinful nature is the same rebellious spirit that we want to have with the government. You just don't want to obey nobody. You don't want to obey God and you don't want to obey the old government. And what Paul is saying is just like there's repercussions of if you disobey God, there should be repercussions if you obey, disobey the government. Y'all with me? For, the, for government is God's servant and avenger that brings wrath on one who does wrong. Therefore, you must what? I'm going to keep saying it until y'all say it out loud. Therefore, you must. Oh, We're going to get this word out. There we go. Therefore, you must. Not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. There should be something inside of you telling you something ain't right. There should be something inside of you telling you you're doing 90 on 42. There should be something wrong that's telling you that that lettuce did not go through that self-checkout at Acme. Put it back and check it right. You know that lettuce ain't wasn't no, 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 no half an ounce. You got four pounds of lettuce and you ain't measuring it right and you're going to walk out and pay $3 for $20 worth of lettuce. There should be something inside of you that should hit your conscience and say, you know what? I ain't doing what's right. Y'all quiet. Y'all, y'all, y'all good. So, next verse. And for this reason, oh, Jesus. I told you I had to talk. I, I got to do this text. I was trying to save it for Bible study, but God like, nope, you're going to do it on a Sunday. And for this reason, what you pay. This is the word. This ain't me. Since the authorities are God's public servants, they don't eat if you don't pay your taxes. Let me help you. Let me help you. We complain about our school systems. But how will our school systems get better if we don't pay our taxes? We complain about our police departments. But how will our police departments get any better if we don't pay our tax. Now, we live in New Jersey. That's a whole nother argument about property taxes here and elsewhere. But if I can, if I can honestly tell you the truth, uh, our government in New Jersey is much better than some governments in other states. So, and if you notice, our state employees make way more money <laughs> than more states. But they won't be able to do those jobs if we don't do what we're supposed to do. Does that make sense? Amen. So, I'm gonna go somewhere a step further with this. I, I hope I ain't boring y'all today. I wish I could, I'll preach excited one Sunday. So, in the Old Testament, they didn't have a local municipal government. They had the priesthood. And the purpose of the people were to pay their tithes towards the government of the priesthood. So when you go to Malachi, when we see people take that scripture out of context, will a man rob God? Yes, he will. But you're going to get a hole in your pocket. No, 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 no. There's more reasoning for that. Those priests were responsible for going in and offering sacrifices for those people. Those priests were responsible for upbuilding the kingdom and upbuilding the tabernacle. Those priests were the intercessors when all the people would go to war and they would pray. Now, all of a sudden, Israel's in a place where they don't want to pay their taxes or their tithes to the priest, and now the priests aren't eating, they're losing wars, things are falling apart, and Malachi has to say, the reason why all these things are falling apart is because you stopped giving to the priest who intercede on my behalf for you, and now the world's chaotic. Hmm. That's from a spiritual perspective. 
from a natural perspective, if we don't pay our taxes and we don't do what's right, we open ourselves up to anarchy. We open ourselves up to, what's that movie where people put masks on and kill folks at night? No, 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 not the, the, pur the purge. <laughs> the purge. <laughs> the purge. Y'all seen The Purge? Yeah. <laughs> the Purge. See, ever seen The Purge? <laughs> you open yourselves up. You open yourselves up to no government authority, and it sets up a situation where folks go out of control and bogus. So Paul is giving us, I know it's hard, but Paul is giving us some common sense. If we want protection, we better pay our taxes. I'm going to show you something. Jesus paid his taxes. Jesus, y'all ain't read that? Jesus had a tax note. And they ain't had no money. And he said, you know what? Go out to, the, go out to that lake. Go fish. And they fished. Got the fish. Brought the fish back. Jesus opened it up. Took the coin out and gave it to them and said, let's go pay our taxes. Then there was some Jews that were trying to get their way around it. And they said, what are we supposed to do about our taxes since we're kingdom people? Y'all know how we get, we get all churchy when we don't want to do stuff that's right. I'm part of the kingdom. I ain't got to pay no taxes. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Take yourself right back on to your logical reasoning self and render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And Paul is doing nothing more but reiterating what Jesus taught in the Gospels. Y'all with me? I, I wish I could holler this, but I, I, I can't even preach this. <laughs> taxes, pay them. Hallelujah. Say taxes. <laughs> That's why nobody preaches this. I, I told y'all, I reached out to everybody. I could not find one preacher that preached this text. Because there's no excitement to it. It's all principles and it's all truth. And we want so much hype and excitement on Sundays, we skip certain scriptures because we don't want to deal with real issues. And so for this reason, pay your taxes since the authorities are God's public servants. Who's public servants? Hold on. So you're telling me state employees are God's? All right. Vance Davis said, yup. But she's like, yup. And they helped me retire, too. Yup. <laughs> she was part of God's public service plan. She was a state employee. But this is, this is the Bible. But the God put that government in place, placed her in that job which means that she becomes part of Royce, becomes part of God's public, don't be putting that as your Facebook stat tonight. <laughs> I can't be fired, because I'm God's public servant. <laughs> he gonna take that to a whole nother level tomorrow. I dare you to fire me, I'm God's public servant. <laughs> Continually attending to these tasks. Pay your obligations to Taxes to those who you owe taxes. Toll. Look, y'all have been going through that easy pass. Tolls to those you, <laughs> you owe tolls. Tolls. Respect to those you owe respect. And honor to those you owe honor. Look at your neighbor say, you got to do what you're supposed to do. All right. Do not owe anything. Oh, Jesus. Except to love one another. For the one who loves has fulfilled what? The law. Do not owe anything except to love, I'm going to take my time here, one another. For, though, for the one who loves one another, or one who, yeah, one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. What is the laws of Jesus? That's what, there we go. Two commandments. Obey those two commandments. Love God. And that's easy. But how many of you love yourself? Come on, where y'all at? Y'all love yourself. You love yourself, right? You get up, you, you wash, you put yourself together. Now watch this. The second commandment is love your neighbor like you love yourself. Y'all quiet. The God part is kind of easy. But how many of us can really say we love somebody like we love ourselves? And we ain't talking about your kids or your husband and wife. Mm. And sometimes that's the hardest commandment. Watch this. Anywhere, 
This, this is a this is this is a, a tweet point right here. Anywhere where there's an absence of love, there's an influx of sin. Sin can't live where love don't dwell. Or sin can't live where love dwells. I'm sorry, I said that right. Y'all make does that make sense? Does that make sense? So if I'm in a sinful nature, if I have a sinful lifestyle, there's a lack of love somewhere. I'm going to say that again. If I have a sinful lifestyle and I'm just continually, it's a lifestyle. It's not a mistake. It's not a mishap. It's I do this every day. I get down and I get down in this area with no apologies. There's a lack of love there. How do you get that? Because love won't allow you to commit adultery. Love won't allow you to steal from somebody. Love won't allow you to murder. I'm going to go a step further. Love won't allow you to fornicate. Y'all quiet. If that sinful practice is going on, there's a lack of love somewhere. If I commit adultery, there's a lack of love in my marriage that I would step out on my wife. I ain't saying I don't love her, but there's a lack of love somewhere that I would take that risk. And there's a lack of love that I have towards whoever that person is that I'm committing adultery with. Especially if they're married. Because now I've disrespected whoever they were married to. And I lack love there. Y'all quiet. If I can kill you, there's a lack of love somewhere that I can even get the rage to get a knife or a gun or something and stick it through your heart. So if there's a lack of love, it leaves door for sin. Cain got jealous of Abel. Love fell out of the relationship. Sin entered in. And what happened? Cain killed Abel. David goes to the rooftop, sees Bathsheba bathing. And what does he do? Because he has a lack of love for Uriah. He has his way with Uriah's wife. Watch this. Then puts Uriah on the front line to die because he has no love for Uriah. If he loved Uriah, he would have never touched Bathsheba. And if he loved Uriah, he wouldn't have put Uriah on the front line to die to justify his sin with Bathsheba. Is this making sense? I know I'm I'm not hollering. But wherever there's a lack of love, there's an influx of sin. And there's consequences of when we let sin reside and we don't let love live. Because love is who? God. So what I'm basically saying is wherever there's a lack of God in your area, there's room for sin. Does this make sense? Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law of the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment are all summed up by this. If you do any of those, you are not fulfilling that last sentence. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love myself too much to hurt myself, so why would I hurt someone else? Mm. I love myself so much I wouldn't cheat on me, so why would I cheat on somebody else? It's quiet. I can literally hear the mouse just walking right above my head right now. He like, preach! I love my wife! (laughs) When we don't fulfill that law, we open up. So you have to ask yourself if you're in any type of sinful situation right now. Is how much do I love me? 
how much do I love me? And if I love me some me, I ain't going to treat nobody worse than how I treat me. Let's go to the next verse. Love does no wrong. Oh, this is rough, y'all. Y'all with me today? Selena, you with me? All right, you got my back. Johnny, you got my back. All right. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. I'm going to say that again. I'm I'm going to highlight that. I got to put that down. Hashtag that one. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. So watch this. That's why we need grace. Because none of us can obtain the law without Christ. Why? Because love does no wrong to a neighbor. And every once in a while, we do wrong to our neighbor. Which means that we don't fulfill this law which means we need God's grace to cover us because somewhere along the line, we have not fulfilled that sentence. Does this make sense? Amen. It's going to hurt a little bit, but uh, we're going to get through it. Love, therefore, is fulfillment of the law. Besides this, knowing the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. I'm going to work there. Now it is time for us to wake up from what? From now our salvation is nearer than we first believe. I'm going to break this text down just a minute. All right. We're sleep. Why? Because it's a night season. When Adam sinned, he changed our season to a night season. And what happens at night? It's dark. It's dark, right? I was talking to a guy the other day. He said he lived in Alaska for two and a half years. He said it's one of the most depressing places to live in the world because it's dark for like 20 hours out of the day. And there's more suicide and more wickedness and more uh, craziness that goes on, more suicide in Alaska than any of the other 50 states because people can't, dope, can't cope with the darkness. So what he said they have to do is they have to put lights everywhere and give the people an appearance that it's daytime just so that they can have the right spirit during the day. But then he taught me something else that I didn't know. He said if you go further up to Alaska, he says it gets sometimes 90, deg- sometimes 90 degrees. He says it's a portion of Alaska that has summers just like we do that they don't talk about. He says, and it's the complete opposite there. He says they get 20 hours of sun. He says, so what they have to do is they have to get drapes, blinded drapes, so that they can sleep at night because it's too much light. (laughs) Y'all quiet. I'm the type of person, once I see the sun, I'm up for the day. So I couldn't lay there. I I I just can't sleep all day. I can take a nap, but I can't sleep no eight hours with the sun up. So when Adam, when Adam sinned, it shifted us, the world, the world, into a dark place. Sin made the earth, not physically, obviously the sunshine. Y'all like, it ain't dark. Our spiritual senses have become dark. We're dark. We're in a dark place. Watch this. And when it's dark, there's depression. And when it's dark, you can get away with doing things that no one else sees. So since we're in a darkful nature and everybody can't see what I'm doing, I'm doing things undercover. I'm still on just a little bit. I'm cussing just a little bit. I'm getting high just a little bit. Because it's dark and nobody sees what I'm doing. Y'all quiet. Oh, I'm, I'm dibbling and dabbling in that just a little bit. Because ain't nobody going to ever find out that I'm doing a little bit of that. And what Paul is basically telling us is 
you're dibbling and dabbling. But it is already the hour for you to wake up for your sleep because the sun is getting ready to shine. And when the sun suddenly shines, it's going to shine when you got your hands in your pockets stealing. It's going to shine while you're in the middle of your fornication. It's going to shine while you're in the middle of your partying and getting down. It's going to shine suddenly and it's going to be too late to change your ways because you thought that you could get away with it because no one saw it. Man, I wish I could holiday. It's too quiet in here. So what we got to realize is that I'm in a dark season or a dark era that we live in. Be not conformed to this world. This world, not the actual earth, not, not the United States of America. Be not, not be conformed to, you know, listening to hip hop. That ain't what the scripture says. It means be not conformed to this era. This common, this uh, post-Adamic era. Be not conformed to this era. Don't think that life ends here when you die in this era. There's eternal life. Amen. And either you're going to live it with Jesus or you're going to live it in damnation Amen. with Satan. So be not conformed to this world. Don't get caught up in taking on the, the, all of the different cultural aspects of this era because there's something that's going to happen after this era when the trumpet sounds. And this era is dark. And the sun is eventually going to shine. And what God is trying to see is who can keep the right attitude and who can trust him even in the dark places. Y'all quiet. Every single one of us, one time or another in our life, whether it was last year or 20 years ago, did something because it was dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like looking at y'all. <laughs> y'all faces just give it away. <laughs> All of us. Somebody ain't paid their taxes right. One year. Now it's been 10 years that you ain't been doing it right. And guess what's going to happen? God going to give some revelation to the IRS and they going to shine right on them taxes. Yeah. Make sure that whatever we're doing in the dark, we can do when God cuts on the light. Does that make sense? So he says, for now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So a lot of folks see that word salvation. They're like, I thought I was already saved. He's not talking about salvation in the sense of confessing and believing. He's talking about salvation as Christ. Christ is nearer than we first believed. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. Get up. Get out of darkness. Get dressed and prep because he's on his way. Does that make sense? I'm closing here. Next verses. The night is nearly, I already went ahead, and the daylight is nearer. So let us discard, we already talked about all this, the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in daylight and not in carousing and drunkenness and sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and in jealousy. I'll go back real quick. This was during an era that the Romans had, and I know I'm going to say it wrong. Me and Carol are Greek. We're working on our Greek. It was called Baracus, Baracus, B-A-R-R-C-U-S. I think I spelled it right. And it was like Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the people would, y'all, which don't make no sense to me. You're just going to send and then start living right for the next 40 days. Let me just do everything I want before Ash Wednesday, then I'm gonna get right with God. No, you don't play with God like that. But same type of concept. 
they, 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 would get, they would party in darkness and they would get drunk and they would do all of those things. So Paul, because he's a master storyteller, he basically tied in that festival that they were celebrating and, said, and compared it to how the life of a Christian works. So what he's saying is, let us walk with decency and daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness and sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy. It's funny how jealousy is even in there. All right, let's move on. But put on what? And make no plans to satisfy the fleshly desire. I'm done. I'm done. I don't have three points. I don't have three points. <laughs> That's a tough chapter. Did it help? All right, all right, all right. I don't have three points today. I gave y'all 14 points. Literally ran through the whole chapter. I tell you this, if I got something out of it, make sure, make sure, make sure that we carry the same attitude, the same behaviors, the same moral character in the darkness as we do in the light. Understand that God is in control of all government authority, whether we agree with it or not. Also understand that God has given us the ability to make changes in our governmental authority. Y'all quiet. God has given you the authority on that first Tuesday in November, whatever's going on locally, to go to the polls. And I ain't telling you how to vote, I'm telling you to vote towards whatever will meet the needs of your community and whatever will meet the needs to your family. All of us don't have the same needs, which is why we have different candidates. Some people like the current administration. They want to make America great again. Some folks don't like the current administration. They don't believe America has ever been great. But make the difference by going to the polls. Let's not, let's not, let's not throw fits. Let's, let's understand that God is in control, but God has also given us the control to make changes if necessary. Y'all get what I'm saying? So guess what I'm going to do? We're going to post this on our podcast, and we, got, we can finally say, somebody preach Romans 13. Look it up. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to have a special prayer for Jody. I ask her to come at this time. <clears throat> and then we're going to take up communion. We're going to get out of here. <clears throat> Let's pray for her. Ask everybody if you can stand. We're going to be in agreement. We talked about this on, on Sunday on um no, Sunday, Tuesday, how if any of us hurt, we all hurt because we're the body. Y'all remember that? On, on Tuesday night, we talked about this in Bible study, how if one of us is down, if one of us don't feel right, one of, and I can get into her business, um, but whatever she's going through, um, when she hurts, we hurt. When she's in pain, she's in pain. When Kim lost her grandmothers, we felt it, and we prayed for you, Kim. And you know that, we love you. Um, when Dad Herbert lost his mom, we love him. We all felt that pain. And she's our family. She's our family. She's been faithful. Um, her and TJ, they are, he already claimed my, my kids as his cousins. So we, we family, family. I've known Jody. She's known me longer than I know myself because she's older than me. Her and Kara. <laughs> they was there when I first came to the church. They that, they that old. <laughs> I love having the microphone. <laughs> Tell her what I look like when I was a baby. <laughs> what I look like, Carol, when I was a baby? I forgot. All right, I'm, I'm playing. Johnny, what I look like? Let me stop. <laughs> but we, we just want to have a word of prayer. I believe that God is a healer. I know he's a healer. And I know that he can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I know that... Um, God has not brought you to Hope Haven for no reason, for just any reason, but he brought you here to have purpose. You're a functioning body. Um, you have purpose here. We need you. And because God sees that our need for us, he's going to make everything all right because we need you. you we need, how many of y'all need Jody in here? We need you. And we're not just saying that. We're not, I, I need your little commentary back there and you telling me you can't find my scripture and all that. It encourages me. I need it. <laughs> Jolly be like, hold up. Um, ain't nobody know where no Zephaniah is. <laughs> but we, we, we need her. And we're going to pray that God sustains. God, we pray, God, that you strengthen. God, we pray for encouragement. God, we ask, Lord, that you touch her, Lord, from the crown of her head 
to the soles of her feet, God. We ask, God, that you change everything, shift anything that's in the way, God, that doesn't look right, God. God, we speak against any evil report. We speak against God. We speak against anything, God, that doesn't look right, God. God, I ask God for a complete turnaround right now in the name of Jesus, God. We ask, Lord, that your perfect will will be done in this situation. We pray for a greater testimony. We pray, God, that through this situation, God, that lives will be impacted through her testimony that you are a healer. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And that's what's going to come out of this. That, that, that when God brings you out of this, your message is going to impact a community. And God knows who he can use, and that's why he used you. And I know that's hard to accept because you like, you, please use somebody else. But God used you because he needs to show that his power is real. And if God can do it through Johnny, we know that God can do it, and God will do it. And we thank you right now, God. For God, she's going to impact her community. She's going to impact her family. Lives are going to be changed through this testimony, God, of how you brought her out. And we thank you right now, God. Touch her. Encourage her. Give her the faith and the strength to know, God, that she's going to come through, out, come through this, God, and she's going to come out with complete victory, God, because you're on her side. She's not someone that doesn't know you. She's someone that knows you, God. And God, we thank you right now for the victory. And we love you, God. And we thank you and we give you all praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It is done. It's done. It's done. Love you, girl. It's done. It's done. It's done. That's right. It's done. That's right. Let's, 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 let's just embrace her. She's part of our family. She's part of our body. She's got to be healthy for us to be healthy. She's got to be healthy for us to be healthy. And, I, and I, I've been trying to share that with everybody. If one of us hurt, we all hurt. Y'all know how family work. Somebody hit a little cousin, June June, we all got to go out on the block. And the devil trying to mess with, 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 with Jotty, we got to let the devil know, nah, not in Hope Haven. Not in Hope Haven. God's got us here. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. Let's give them a little time real quickly. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.